Well, it is, it is good to be here. I hope you've enjoyed the, the music and I pray that this message, that we won't be before you too long and that you will enjoy the words that God has really blessed me with this week. Today we want to focus our thoughts and our minds on early, the first day of the week, early, the first day of the week. We're going to be looking in chapter 24, verses 1 through 8 today for our reading. And as you're turning there, I I just want to just share this with you, Reedy Branch, that I'm so glad God has given me the privilege to serve this congregation. Now, some of you may ask, why? Why? Why am I so glad about this? There, we, we understand that as a pastor, there are many things that we, we face. We face hills and we face valleys. But I, I'm just really glad that I, I get to serve the Lord here. Uh, I'm, I'm not typically a morning person. But early every Sunday morning, the first day of the week, I get up, I shower, I dress very casually I get coffee and I quietly turn on gospel music in my study. And while there I'm meditating and I'm spending time with the Lord early during the quiet of my, of our home. During that time, I'm able to really spend time in prayer and meditation while I'm reviewing notes for Sunday morning's message. Now, some of you, some of you may be thinking that well, you're saying this because you you get to preach on Sunday morning. Well, <laughs> truth is, I'm doing this on Sunday morning even when I'm not preaching. Early on the first day of the week, I'm up and I'm spending time with the Lord. Well, I, I want to ask you, how do you, how do you start your week early on the first day of the week what's your morning like i know many have many of you your morning is different some get up and get on the front porch with a cup of coffee some get your coffee and you're sitting in in front of the television listening to preaching some of you who aren't coffee drinkers you're you're getting up and you're jumping in the shower and you're getting ready and you're you're talking to the lord throughout that throughout the morning and and some of you i don't know maybe you're you're getting up begrudgingly maybe you're dreading getting up early on a day off from work but i want to tell you when we get up early in the morning on the first day of the week with our hearts and our minds on Jesus, it sets the tone for the rest of the week. Well, I, I want us to begin to look at a text here, chapter 24, verses 1 through 8, that, that will help us learn about one particular Sunday morning. What it was like for one particular group of witnesses. The Bible tells us in chapter 24 in the Gospel of Luke... In verses 1 through 8, the Bible says now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and and did not find the body of our Lord Jesus. 
And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth and they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee? Saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. And be crucified. And the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Oh this is the word of our Lord. This is God's holy word. Pray with us. God we do thank you for this day. This high and holy day. That we can come before you. And we can worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we pray that as songs have been sang, as prayers have been made, that God, as we turn to your word, that you will help us throughout the remainder of this service, that you, God, would speak to our hearts through your word. Through the preaching, God, we pray that you would, that you would encourage us and strengthen us. And God, we pray that you're glorified in everything that's said and done. We pray that your son, who is risen, will be magnified. And God, we pray that you will edify your people. And we give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. When we approach this text, what we begin to see is these first witnesses of, of the resurrection. They provide for us. Evidence of the resurrection. What I mean by this is these were actual witnesses of Jesus' death. They were witnesses of his burial. These particular witnesses knew without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was dead. They witnessed him hang his head between his shoulders and say it was finished. They witnessed a spear being thrust in his side and as water and blood poured out of his body. They, they witnessed him being taken off the cross. They witnessed him being placed in a barred tomb before the Sabbath was again, uh, for the Sabbath would begin. And, and these witness, witnesses knew once again, without a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus was dead. So early, on the first day of the week, for these witnesses, there was an anticipation like you and I couldn't imagine. These First witnesses who according to each gospel were women. These first witnesses, they anticipated completing the burial process of Jesus' body. Now this would include anointing his body with spices and fragrant oils. So they arose early in the morning on the first day of the week to go finish preparing his body. Now why? Why would they wait from Friday evening... Till early Sunday morning to go and complete this preparation process for the body of Jesus. We're talking about a man who these women followed. Well, Jewish law forbade them to complete this process until after the Sabbath. Exodus 35 and 2 says, work shall be done for six days. 
But the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. And whoever does work on it shall be put to death. The Sabbath, it took place between Friday evening around 6 p.m. till Saturday evening around 6 p.m. And Matthew's gospel teaches us in chapters 27 verses 45 through 54 that around the ninth hour, around 3 p.m., Jesus cried out to the Lord, why have you forsaken me? Then they offered him sour wine to drink from a sponge that was placed upon a reed. Then they, they heard Jesus cry out again, yielding up his spirit into his father's hands. And from there, the veil of the temple was torn. The earthquake, rocks split, graves opened up and, and saints who had, went, who had been asleep were raised up again. And we heard a satyrian acknowledge that truly, this is the son of God. From that time, which is now after 3 p.m., they had till 6 p.m. that Friday evening to take Jesus off the cross, carry him to Joseph's tomb and get back home before the Sabbath began. The religionists, these women, these witnesses, they knew the religionists of that day were very strict in the obedience of the law. And with this being the Sabbath of the Passover, surely the women feared that they could not be caught. They feared that they would be surely put to death if they completed this burial. So here their loved one was dead. And still they were not going to break the law of the Sabbath to take care of him. Now after placing Jesus in the tomb, Luke's gospel in chapter 23, in, verses 56, in verse 56, the Bible says, Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. At this point in the lives of these women, we have to assume that they felt far from the presence of God. Their Messiah, their Lord was dead. And I imagine these women were eager for the first day of the week to come. You know what I'm talking about. You've had those days when you couldn't hardly wait till the sun rose so you could get up. And I imagine it was like this for these women. They were eager for this first day of the week to take place. They were anticipating being able to go and do the very last thing possible that they could do in honoring their Lord and their Savior. Oh, what a great anticipation that they had. You know, I in Psalm 63, it appears David is at a time similar to this. It seems that he is desperately needing to experience the presence of God. Though David was king of Israel, he was in a Judean wilderness uh, as he's writing this psalm. And some scholars seem to think that he may have been running from his son Absalom who was trying to, to take his life and to take the kingdom from David. 
while reading this psalm, what we sense is that David felt far from the presence of God. So what did he do? He cried out to God early in the morning. He says oh, in, in 63 and 1, he says, oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Here David is crying out early to the Lord and, and here are these women feeling like the presence of God is far from them. They rise up early in the morning to go do what they can for the Lord. Oh, this could have been the very same cry of these witnesses. This could be our cry from time to time. When everything seems to be going well in our lives, it's easy for us to forget just how much we need God's presence in our lives. We may become careless in our devotional lives or we begin neglecting spending time with God in prayer. But when life happens, and I assure you, life happens to all of us from time to time. But when it does happen, and we, we become shaken and we often find ourselves calling out to God early in the morning hours. Why? Because it's early in the morning when we are refreshed. It's early in the morning when our minds are renewed. It's early in the morning when we can focus. It's early in the morning before we've been drained and contaminated with the day's events. It, yes, there's something about seeking God and his presence early in the morning. And these women, these women early on the first day of the week, they had great anticipation of fulfilling the last thing that they could do to honor their Lord. But, but as we continue in this passage, we find that early on the first day, for these witnesses, as they were anticipating one thing, there was an astonishment that appeared to them. When the women arrived to the tomb, they were astonished to see that nothing was as they had anticipated. When they got there, the stone was rolled away. So the women walked in and they found that the body of Jesus was no longer there. Instead, according to John's gospel, the linen clothes were, were, that were used to wrap Jesus' body was laying undisturbed. And, and the handkerchief that had been placed around his head had been folded and placed neatly by itself. Now the stone being rolled away, Jesus' body not being found, and the linen clothes being seemingly to be untouched, it perplexed the women. And you see that there in verse 4. That it happened as they were greatly perplexed about them while they were here. Let me, while we're here, let me share this with us. The, the stone being moved, it didn't benefit Jesus at all. Jesus didn't need the stone to be removed. Jesus, when he resurrected from the, from the, from the grave, he, he resurrected in a, in a heavenly body, in a glorified body, in a body that was no longer confined by time and space. He didn't need the stone removed. He could have walked right through the stone. And this is, this is testified through in, in John 20 and 19 when he first appears to his disciples. He says, and, and then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the 
the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace be with you. In other words, Jesus didn't need to open a locked door. He walked through the door. He didn't need the stone removed. He could have walked right through the stone. So why was it rolled away? It was rolled away for the witnesses to see that he was no longer there. They had to be able to get in without themselves removing the stone so they could be a witness that Jesus had risen, that he was out of the tomb. Yes, these women, they saw this. They, they saw here that, that the stone was rolled away. Jesus' body was laying there. The grave clothes was still in place. And the napkin folded off to its side. And it astonished them. But that wasn't all that astonished them. Oh, the women, when they turned, they found that two men were standing in shining garments. Oh, these women went to the tomb of Jesus anticipating one thing, but they left astonished by something else. Oh, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever went anticipating something to become astonished by something else? Oh, well, I want to share with you, Mary, the mother of Jesus. This happened to her on several occasions. And it began when Mary, a teenage girl, had anticipated Mary and Joseph and, and they going off to have a normal life. And, but God got in the midst of things and he interrupted their plans. And, and here Mary, a woman who had never known a man sexually, now she becomes pregnant with the very son of the, the only begotten son of God. Oh, yes. Mary understood what it was like to anticipate something and be astonished by something else that took place. But that wasn't the only experience in her life. This happened, seemed to happen on and on. How about when Mary was pushing and prodding Jesus to, to, to let his ministry begin, but and she was anticipating one thing, but she was astonished to see that her son was able to save a wedding feast by turning water into wine. I'm sure she anticipated the world receiving her son. He, by, by the way, he's God's only begotten. But she had to be astonished to see how they hated and despised them. She had to be astonished by how they, they brutally beat him at the whipping post. I'm sure she was astonished when her son, the way he was treated, walking up Golgotha's hill. I'm sure she was astonished by the way they nailed him to the cross and how he gave his life. Those of you listening through Facebook or on our YouTube channel, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's waiting with outstretched arms to astonish you with his love. He loves you. And it doesn't matter what anyone has told you. He loves you. And you haven't gone so far that he will not love you. The Bible teaches us that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing, nothing and I love it when it says in there that no created thing. That means you can't even separate yourself from the love of God. Oh, and his love, it's not just a love that will last while we're here on earth, but it's a love that will last for all eternity. 
And I can promise you that if you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior and commit your life to serving him, he will continue to astonish you as he opens your eyes to his love, to his grace, and to his mercy. Oh, but listen to me. He won't cease to astonish you after you leave uh, after you leave this world. No, no. The Bible tells us it declares that that we that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Oh yes, we have a lifetime. We have an eternity to be astonished by our Lord. Here these these women they they anticipated going to the tomb of Jesus so early in the morning on the first day of the week. They go. While they anticipated one thing, they were astonished by another. And I want to tell you, they wasn't just astonished by what they saw in the stone being rolled away. Jesus not being in the tomb and the grave clothes undisturbed. It wasn't only that they that they saw these two men in white shining a pearl. But they were also astonished at the announcement that was made. These men dressed in these shining garments asked the women, why seek ye the living among the dead? I don't know if you've thought about this, but this is a rebuke to them. This isn't something that they're laughing and smiling and joking with these women about. This is a rebuke to them. These women, they came to the tomb with the intention to honor a dead Savior. Their thoughts, their feelings, their behavior was focused on a dead Savior. These women were living just as the world were living. They, they were living with no hope. Based upon, they had placed their minds and their hearts on the fact that Jesus was dead. And then the men announced the good news, the glorious news that he is not here. He is arisen. Oh, with these wonderful words, heaven declared that our Savior is alive and he's alive forevermore. Oh, the songwriter encourages us with these words. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. Because he lives Within my heart. Oh you who are far from God. I want you to know that Jesus is alive. And he will live forevermore. Oh I'm, I'm well aware of the chaos. And the confusion in the world today. I understand that there's a, a pandemic going on. That's got many gripped with fear. But we serve a Lord. Who is bigger than the pandemic. We serve a Lord that the pandemic can't grip. And I'm so glad that I don't have my faith in men. My faith is not in the president. My faith is not in scientists. But my faith is in Jesus Christ. The risen savior. Oh we who have received Jesus as our personal Savior one day, just as he arose out of the grave, we're going to rise up too. 
One day Jesus will split the eastern sky. He will descend from heaven with the shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Folks, <laughs> oh, what a wonderful day for believers that will be. The men, as we're closing here, I want us to notice that these men in shining garments, they asked the women if they remembered when Jesus spoke to them saying, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified in the third day arise again. Then the women remembered his words and the women went at that time and told the disciples that Jesus had risen. Men, women, boys and girls. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, folks, you will humble yourselves either here on earth or before the throne of Jesus. If you humble yourself and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior here on earth before the return of Christ, then you'll be called up together with the other believers. But if you wait and death comes to you, or Jesus comes for his church. You have not humbled yourself. Repented of your sins and confessed Jesus as your savior. Then in hell. You'll remember the words. Of Jesus. You must. Be born again. You'll remember. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, this Easter morning, while it's still early, first day of the week. Oh, it'd be a great day for you to give your life to Jesus. You may be thinking, I don't know what to do. Well, it's simple. It's more simple than what we can make it. All it is is acknowledging who you are, believing who he is, and receiving him for yourself. In other words, if you acknowledge that you were lost and in need of a savior, if you believe Jesus Christ is the son of God, the Messiah the anointed one, the savior of the world. If you believe that he died on a cross and he arose on the third day for the forgiveness of your sin. And if you will confess him as your Lord and savior, oh, you can be saved. Oh, you'd have to just pray a prayer with me. If you're ready right now to give your life to Jesus, would you pray this prayer? God, I acknowledge who I am. I am lost and I am in need of a Savior. God, I am far from you. I believe Jesus is your only begotten son. I believe he died for the sin of the world. God, I believe he died for my sin.
God, I repent this day of my sins. And I ask you to forgive me. God, I receive Jesus in my heart as my Lord and Savior. And God, I ask that you will help lead me to live for you. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This simple prayer, you must believe it in your heart. You must be willing to confess with your mouth that your sins have been forgiven and that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Oh, if you're ready to do that, oh, we would love for you to message us on Facebook. Comment under this service and just tell us, I just received Jesus as my Savior. Oh, we'd love to rejoice with you. But I want to encourage you, if this is not your church, if this is not where you come, you're invited to be a part of our service every week, either on Facebook, on YouTube, or when we're able to meet again, we want you to join us for our services. But if you have another church family, we encourage you to reach out to them and let them know that you've, got, you've received Jesus as your Savior today. Oh, we pray that God blesses each one of you with a wonderful Easter day. May God bless you.